This is Radio Dad with Mike Austin. Shining the spotlight on dads, stepdads, granddads, all dads. Bye, Daddy. And now, Mike Austin. Yep, it's what we do. Mike Austin here. This is uh, the Radio Dad Podcast, episode number 10. 10 episodes in already. Oh, man, I'm so excited. And our thanks to you for being uh, our uh, followers, uh, downloaders, people. Tell your friends, get the word out, and uh, the more the merrier. All right, we're all about fatherhood, positive fatherhood, stepdads, granddads, intact family dads, divorced dads, widowed dads, dads, and how to be a better man and a better dad. That's what we all have to work on, right? All our lives, all our lives. Um, today we have a couple of guests as usual. And, uh, first of all, I want to get a book review on about dads being the leaders. Simon Sinek writes a book called Leaders Eat Last. And this is kind of a military thing, but it, I, it can, it can, um, spill over to fatherhood as the leader, right? Step up, dad, be a leader. Ryan Sanders will join us from the National Fatherhood Initiative. He's the one who brought this book to my attention, and so we're going to talk to Ryan about this. He read the book. I have not, so I'm going to find out about him. And then I'm so excited to be able to talk to Christopher Knight. You might know the name. You definitely know who he played on TV. Christopher Knight was Peter Brady on the Brady Bunch, the original Brady Bunch. And um, we're going to talk to Chris because... Uh, he is, he's kind of in between. He, I think he was either in Nashville today or he's in Chicago today. They went from Nashville to Chicago. They're kind of on this, he and his wife, Adrian, and I've gotten to know him just a little bit. And he agreed to come on and just chat about his dad. He's got a cool story about his dad back in the Brady Bunch days. His dad was, uh, is an actor, but he's going to get into that. And, uh, we're going to talk to that. So our, um, our, our second segment today, after we hear from our sponsor, is going to be with Christopher Knight, Peter Brady. I'm so excited to have you here on the Radio Dad podcast, sponsored by, oh, man, give give a click over to our sponsor. You can find the link at the bottom of the homepage at radiodad.com. It's berescued.com, berescued.com. Nice family-owned business right in the heart of America. Uh, what they do is they, uh, they take propolis that bees uh, create naturally, and um, they, what the way it was told to me is it's propolis is like bee vomit or something like that. But they spew the stuff out and they repair the hive. And it also has really natural, almost miraculous uh, properties for your own health. Uh, and they sell a number of products made with this stuff. You should check it out at berescued.com. All right. From wound care, if you cut yourself in the garage or working. Uh, if you get a sunburn, something like that. Plus, they have shave gel. They've got uh, soothing aftershave stuff, berescued.com. All right, so we'll uh, hear from them later in the show. Starting off today, I, and I, I'm going to split this up uh, throughout the podcast here. Somebody asked, like a 1,000 people with kids under 16 years of age and a 1,000 parents with children over 30 for their parenting tips. And it's striking, 30 35, 40 years ago, when the Brady Bunch was on, the Mike Brady, Carol Brady, how they parented compared to today's. Now, they were a little, the Bradys were a little gentler than my mom and dad. I remember thinking, why can't we have that groovy, cool house? Why why can't, how come I can't, uh, my dad, uh, my dad was a great guy. Don't get me wrong. I loved my dad. 
but a little rough around the edges. I mean, he was an old World War II guy. And Mike Brady, you know, um, he was well, Peter, let's sit down and chat about that. No, my dad would just say, what are you thinking? What, what's the matter with you? Uh, so anyway, but tough love, you bet. To, versus today's, uh, I think, really permissive parenting. And you see it all the time in stores, restaurants, and stuff. But So these are, these are some of the things they came up with. And I'm just going to give it to you. If, uh, from 30, 40 years ago, top, respect your elders. Is that said today much? And meant? Like if you don't respect your elders after being told to do that, is there a consequence? Do you, if you uh, do something disrespectful, are you made to apologize? Respect your elders. As compared to, number one on the list for today's parenting, positive reinforcement. Don't punish them for bad behavior. Reward for good behavior and be compassionate. Okay. Man, I'd have stuff taken away. I'd be sat down in the corner. Had to sit on the steps uh, quietly. You'd uh, yes, you get punished. All right. Well, those uh, that's one. Here's another one. You don't always get everything you want. Boy, I was told that every t- all the time. No is a good word. You don't always get what you want. Here's one from the positive modern parenting list. Give them room to learn from their mistakes. So you're not giving any guidance. You just let them make their mistakes. They go, whoops, I shouldn't have done that. Well, I guess I only need nine fingers instead of ten. <laughs> you know, you learn from your mistakes. Well, of course you learn from your mistakes, but you also need to be guided by a loving family and, and parents. And if it's one parent, two parents, whatever, there's got to be someone. And, and if it's especially if it's a boy, but even a girl, there's there really needs to be a man's, uh, whether it's a, a father figure, an uncle, a male presence there. Hopefully, hopefully it's dad. Just kind of what we're all about here on Radio Dad. Fatherhood, the way it's, it's in our eyes. I mean, if you don't agree, don't download the podcast. Don't listen. You know what I mean? But I, I think this is just good resources. And if you're on the fence, we have some good resources for you. So anyway, some of those resources will include, I'll have some more of these uh, 30, 40 years ago dads compared to today's. But right now I want to get to our first guest of the day. He is Ryan Sanders from the National Fatherhood Initiative. And and I know summertime, we're in summertime. I don't want to bring up Christmas or anything, winter or anything like that. But one of our favorite Christmas movies, we watch it every year here at the Austin Family Compound, is White Christmas. Bing Crosby, Danny Kaye, I don't know, this thing was filmed back in 1950 or something like that, way before I was ever around. But it's a cool movie and it makes you just it, well, it starts off World War II and as general, and um, there's one point in the movie where they see the general, and he's this old retired guy, and he has a uh, an inn up in Vermont or something, and they didn't realize it, and they saw him, and then they saw him go past, and I forget which one says it, but he says, he slept, or no, we slept, then he slept, we ate, and then he ate. And I always thought that was a great moment where they have such respect. Just in those lines, you can just see the respect and the endearment they have for this old general, the guy who led them through battle, right? And that is, it turns out, a leadership quality. Your people come first. When you're a leader, essentially, you're there to serve and guide. Your boss does it. You're not privy to all the information of the company, uh, as he is. But he makes these decisions, and it's for the better 
the the uh, for his you know his role in the company overall the betterment of the company but if he doesn't have good workers happy workers satisfied workers then you're going to leave so a good leader does that kind of thing even in a company a dad does the same thing in a family he is there to serve to guide to lead the kids aren't privy to all the information that he and mom or just he is privy to but there's that relationship there and so Leaders Eat Last. Ryan Sanders, uh, National Fatherhood Initiative, joins us. Ryan, uh, Ryan, it's good to have you back with us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So great leaders, this comes down to great leaders sacrifice for those in their care, whether we're generals or whether we're dads, right? Yeah, I think that's the the point with Simon Sinek trying to get out here with this book. He tells a lot of stories in this book, and I've recently heard him speak as well, and he, he shared one of those stories about, I think he followed a uh, military commander of some sort. I'm not a military guy, so I'll get the, the uh, I won't even try to do the titles, but he, he followed a military leader, okay? And and he, he noticed that was the thing for his, um, for his installation or his platoon, you know, his group of men that he's he's watching over. He he always makes sure everybody else is is eating before he does, and it's and it's kind of in the military. It's an unwritten. It's like a silent thing, right? It's just a. It's not part of the job description. It just it's it's a silent sort of known thing, right? That's yeah. just what you do. I should probably clarify. We are talking about a book by Simon Sinek. The book is called Leaders Eat Last, and this is a this is a new book that's out, correct? Yeah, it's it's fairly new. He's it's his latest one, and yeah. I didn't read his first book yet. I plan to get it now that I've read this one. It's the first. This Leaders Eat Last is the first book I've read of his, and just just fascinating concepts for leaders. And and if you you know you've read the post, so you know, like I found myself a lot of it having to take a lot of quotes out there's so much good information in the book you know you can you can pretty much do a, a search and find on a post and 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 replace uh, the word leader for father yeah yeah well what do we say to what do we say to the men who say you know what i get up every morning and i'm guilty of this myself i've fallen into this when the kids start complaining about you know school work and that i say you know what i didn't want to get up this morning and do work today but i'm doing it so we can eat uh i and, and what do you say to the dad who says you know that's my sacrifice for my family. I get up every day. I go to work every day. God love you for doing that. But this is what do you, what do we say to the guys like that? Yeah, there's something deeper here. Yeah, I think too, so too, Mike. I think that we got to get past that whole notion. I know I have to fight it myself, right? We we have our day jobs, and you know, on paper we can look like good dads, right? Good, yeah. quote unquote, good. Yeah. Um, and, and we are. I mean, when we're when we're dealing with with people who don't have dads at all in their lives. It's fairly easy to look good, right? But I think we have to go past that as as true leaders, true fathers, honestly. I mean, it sounds cheesy, but we do have to be more than a paycheck. Um, when we come in in the evenings, it, it, it becomes one of these things that we do have. It is sacrifice. We, we have to actually bond with our kids more than than just money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like maybe, you know, you got to call off the, the regular golf game every Thursday afternoon sometimes. you got to tell the boys, you know what, I haven't spent very much time with my kids. We're going to go on a hike instead of playing golf today. Or, or whatever. You can't just sit and watch the ball game on the weekends and, and that kind of thing. Um, so it, it really, being a leader, it does. It comes down, whether you're leading, uh, from this book, Leaders Eat Last, whether you're leading a corporation or a family, Gosh, you could almost say your family is a little corporation. Hey, I like that. 
Yeah, Mike, uh, Simon talks about, uh, he tells a story of, uh, of uh, like a CEO of a corporation, and he's basically talking about how, you know, a corporation's known for trying to make the numbers work, right? right. And a lot of times that CEO, may, he may not have uh, real connection to a person. He's just looking at the numbers. He's looking at the bottom line on the spreadsheet. And it's, he, he uses that to explain how, how much easier it may be to let thousands of people go when they're just on a spreadsheet and he's making the numbers right. Yeah. Uh, but how much more difficult it would be if all those numbers were actual faces that he knew their stories and he knew not only what value they brought to the company, but he knew what what their cares were, what their passions were, what what they actually did. How about this? What they actually did for for their for the company? Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, it's a it's a fairly common sense yet genius idea that for that leader of the of the organization to know his people personally, and that just struck me like that's just a great great thing on leadership, but. There's something there that's being touched on about being a dad too, right? We can, like, I know just, you know, my wife stays home, right? She she does a lot more with the kids than I do in, in, on a daily basis, but I'm still home in the evening. Now, I can be as hands-on as I want to be, right? When I come in in the evening, I can be like, oh, I've, I've been at work all day. I'm just going to kick back. The evenings I do that, I'm just wasting a bond that, that I could, could ultimately have with my kids that evening. Yeah. And, you know, I, over a period of time, it's just easier to see your kids as a number and not a true relationship. I, I just that's just true. I know that from my own life. Yeah, I, I will say this too: as my mom, or my mom, my wife is also a stay-at-home mom, and I'm fortunate enough that I get to do the majority of my work here at home. However, it is in yeah. a recording studio here in a whole separate section of the house. A lot of times I'm shuttered in here, and and she'll actually have to send one of the kids in to knock on the door. Hey, Dad, you going to have some time later today? <laughs> but she's with them all the time, and so she is kind of the go-to lady for questions, and I have to actually remind them, you know what, uh, Dad's here. Go ahead, ask me. Knock on that door anytime you want. I have to fight jealousy of my wife's relationship with the kids. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Well, I, you know, on paper, I'm a, I'm a great dad, or good. Let's say good. Let's don't go too far. <laughs> but, you know, and I'm home a lot. I'm not, you know, deployed, or I'm not working third shift, that kind of thing, where, I, you know, I'm, I don't have to travel a ton for my job. I'm, I'm home every evening, right? But I got punched in the face, basically, by my five-year-old. She, I'm working away on the computer, and it's it's, it's time to be done. I'm, I should be finished for the day. And um, and I don't work from home every day, but this was one of the days I do. And, and it was just funny. She literally took the time. She'd ask me, and I was like, yeah, later. We'll do it. You know, we're going to do it. We'll just do it later. Within a few minutes goes by, I'm still on the computer. She literally drew a picture, right? She's five. So she draws a picture, and she's like, Daddy, I want to go outside and play. And, of course, the letters are all over the place, but you can kind of make it out. But the thing that struck me was she drew a picture of me sitting at my table, which is what I was doing, with my laptop. And I, I, I should take, send you a picture of it. It's, it's both sad and, and a striking thing. Oh. Like, it's just a great point. She, it, it's me facing my laptop. And then, the, you know, the words she's wanting to go out and play. And it literally just took me – it made me step back and be like, okay, well, let's go outside. Yeah. Like – and that's that's me, quote unquote, a good dad, right? It's just it's it's one of those things we have to fight. Like I'm trying to be as honest and genuine as I can in this post. Like I'm not perfect, but man, this book is a good example of you use what you have to 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 spur yourself on to do more. Uh, you know, just just paying the mortgage for your family is is good. It's not great, 
There's more you can do, right? Yeah, yeah. Leadership and fatherhood, one and the same. Simon Sinek's book is called Leaders Eat Last, and there's a great post, Ryan Sanders from uh, National Fatherhood Initiative over at fatherhood.org. You should put that picture up someplace in a in a prominent spot where you can see it every day. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah I, I should, seriously. Man, oh man. Ryan, thanks a lot for spending some time with us this afternoon. I appreciate it here on Radio, Radio Dad. Thanks for having me. Always good to be on. Ryan Sanders, National Fatherhood Initiative. They're good friends of ours over there. Mike Austin here with the Radio Dad Podcast, episode number 10. And that book, again, Simon Sinek, Leaders Eat Last. I'll put a uh, blog link up at radiodad.com. Take a look at that. Still to come, Christopher Knight, Peter Brady, and the story of his dad. The stuff he used to do uh, with the scripts, the old Brady Bunch scripts. It's kind of cool. Anyway, uh, Chris will talk about his dad. And we're taking a look at these... Old school parents versus new school parents. It's like 30, 40 years ago, your mom and dad, my mom and dad, versus today. Here's here's some more. Kids have to do chores. That's years ago. Now, I think, now this is a broad generalization. I think kids, you know, some families make their kids do chores as well today. It's a good thing. Here's one uh, from modern uh, parents. Uh, give them space to be playful and silly. Try to be more playful than strict. Yeah, I kind of agree with that one, but there's a time for playful and silly and a time for seriousness. And I think too much today, adults who've grown up being playful and silly, life is a sitcom. You, and, they, you know, you got to be able to take some things serious. Here's a modern one. Help them identify their feelings. Okay. Again, not a bad thing overall, but you can overdo that. Everything is not a feeling. There is logic and reasoning. You need to be able to foster that as well. Well, anyway, we're going to get to a uh, old school dad. Christopher Knight's dad was an old school guy. He was a uh, an actor in Hollywood himself. Never, he didn't reach quite the level, I don't think, of Christopher Knight. But uh, Peter Brady, Christopher Knight, we're going to talk to him next about his dad. Stick around the Radio Dad podcast. Mike Austin here, and it's all brought to us by BeRescued.com. It's time to change the way you shave, the way you heal cuts, and even sunburn in your family, the way you boost your immune system using the all-natural bee propolis products and the raw bee pollen from my pals over at BeeRescued.com. From the soothing men's shave gel that I use every day to the original healing all-natural rescue balm. Just go ahead and click the link we have set up for you on our homepage at RadioDad.com and get on over to BeeRescued.com. Here's the story of a lovely lady who was Well, my friends in dadliness, I get a chance to talk to one of my, uh, I don't know if he was a childhood hero, he and I are about the same age, but man, you rushed home to watch the Brady Bunch, didn't you? Of course, I watched because I had a thing for Marsha and uh, and, <laughs> and Jan, more, I mean, more Marsha than Jan, but uh, joining us now is the guy who played Peter Brady. Christopher Knight played Peter Brady for all those years on the Brady Bunch. Still gets called Peter Brady, I think, sometimes. You'll always be Peter Brady to me. Chris, does that bother you at all? <laughs> Not at this point. Yeah. I have made peace with it. No, right. it's, uh, it's an honor to have been part of something that's become rather historic. It, it has been a, a path that at times has been a bit frustrating, but, um, 
I, I, you know, I do believe as we get older, we stop battling as much on things that are not winnable. Well, success is success, and that show, I mean, as you said, it's a, it's iconic, and uh, and so is Peter Peter Brady. There must be a statue someplace, I would think, or something. Like. We're in the same strata. You're you're my same age, Mike. Yeah, exactly the same. Well, it's just like yesterday, doesn't it? I have, I, I and I we're this age. I'm going to ask probably some of the same questions you've been answering for what thirty something years, but uh, I feel like you're my brother. I'm the lost Brady, is what I. Yeah, you know something? That's not unusual. I think it, it, that's been part of the challenge in being a Brady, is that an entire world that you don't know feels of you as their family. And uh, it, But that in its own right is a gift. Then you owe me probably 35, 40 years of Christmas cards and presents. I hope I can make them up to you yeah. in, in, a, in, in an interview. <laughs> Please forgive me. Well, you know what? I know you've answered this question time and again, but did you have any idea as a kid going to the set of the Brady Bunch, that you guys were part of something that, or did anybody have an idea for that matter? Or, or no, was it I just mean, work? to be honest, the Brady Bunch interview was just another uh, another in a sequence of uh, annoyances called interviews or auditions, um, because uh, as a child, I, uh, it, it pleased me much more to do other things. Um, I, uh, you know, was frequently hoisted uh, into the car and, and, and off to Hollywood, uh, and that wasn't a short journey from where we lived. It was an hour in and an hour back. I did like work, however, because it seemed to give me sort of an attention, a prominence, a, 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 a value. Well, yeah, and, well, <laughs> I and as a, I had at home, as as an, well, that's sad. You mentioned your mom. Uh, she was maybe what the driving force of your your young acting career. Was your dad around on set a lot? Did he come by? Did he, you know? push you at all? Interestingly, no, but he might have been the, well, he was the impetus because my dad was an actor. He was the reason we were even in the industry. So much so, it's not necessarily a positive attribute of, of acting, but because he was an actor, he had access uh, to the industry. He knew how it worked, access meaning that he knew, you know, if his kids were going to be in the industry, he knew how to get them an agent. And But his rationale for doing that was simply a, um, a byproduct of being an actor himself, which by and large meant being unemployed and recognizing that there'd be no way for him to put us through college, that we needed to do it for ourselves. He might as well put us to work early. <laughs> okay, so basically he was getting you a job. He was putting you to work, yeah. He was putting us to work, interestingly enough, uh, you know, in his mind for innocent reasons. Uh, nonetheless, you know, that's how it all began, and it sort of, snowballed rather quickly for me, but it wasn't like I was dwelling on it. It wasn't as though like, like that being a success in show business was a lifelong goal and that every one of these interviews meant much to me. I just enjoyed uh, um, working because, again, that environment was some, something people are going to pay attention to you, right. credibility. And so for more so than, I mean, in, in my house, it was, you know, the way I grew up, it was you pretty much, you know, you had to fight for your space. My dad was... Uh, he had an idea of what fatherhood was supposed to be. Uh, I'm, I'm sure he's not dissimilar to a lot of a lot of individuals of his uh, of, of that, his. That time. generation, yeah, that generation was very much sort of disconnected as far as fatherhood goes. They, he he literally painted the picture. Of, I thought fatherhood was me having the children and sitting up on the hill with the children inside the fence with mom. <laughs> I guess he envisioned himself as the is the procreator and the fence builder. Okay, I'm thinking like a child rancher at this point. I'm thinking like, I mean, it's like ownership. It's like stock. You know, we're the cattle. We're his cattle. But you know he what? He watches I'll... over them like like, like, like a cattle baron would of his cattle, but you know? The guys that, he'll, the... he'll intervene if somebody's trying to steal you, yeah. and he'll throw hay out on a kid. <laughs> 
Well, you're fed. You know, you're fed and you're comfortable. But those guys, that era, those, uh, I don't know, Depression-era type guys, you know, growing up through World War II and all of that, that's kind of the way they did dad-dum. You know what I mean? That's, uh, yeah. But he was proud of you because I read this story where he stole a, what did he steal, the director's chair and some scripts or something from the Brady Bunch well, set? Yeah, I w- interestingly, he um, he did on the last uh, the last day, I'm not sure if it was at the party, um, that r- the rap party in the final season, but he, he took home the chair, much to my chagrin. But I had a history of being ashamed of, of actions of my father, like he would, t- he was t- to me it was a continuation of him stealing the candy in the grocery store. <laughs> Um, something that I guess maybe many other depression era. Yeah, I just did. <laughs> I, he saw other he saw other things that weren't his as his at times. I just like the um, line that you said that as many of the things that uh, I I you why'd you say you were ashamed that your father did? <laughs> well, I mean, I was I I, had, I was this really um, I, I sort of was a straight laced kid, you know, and and I really had a hard time with my dad taking candy at store. It was a it was a it was chronic. Not that he would take handfuls of candy, yeah. but it didn't make any sense to me that he's my father. He should be telling me not to take the candy, that you have to pay for the candy. <laughs> but I was the one telling him but, that he can't take the candy. I didn't want to be with him. I was embarrassed by him. He was yeah. stealing, you know. And he was looking at me like, what are you, what, are you, what, what kind of cretin are you, you know? <laughs> take the chair. You, come on, it's the chair. They're going like to throw it away. He was like a street urchin, you know, but, <laughs> and, and I was his kid. Well, th- you know what? Thank God he did that because now you have... Don't you have that chair and some scripts? Every time a show ended, I'd throw out the script. And lo and behold, I had no idea, but he was taking them out of the trash. <laughs> and um, I had almost the entire uh, library now, of, of not that I treated him with much respect over the years. Up until recently, I sort of just left them in a box getting eaten by termites. Yeah. And then it dawned on me, I don't know, uh, that there was some historic value there mm-hmm. uh, that I should pay him with a little more respect. I'm but, telling you. you know, who knew? I mean, he took them out of the trash when he first sort of showed them to me, gave them to me. I go, Dad, what am I going to do with those? You know, they're just, they're, they're, they're a short bit of recent history. Did your dad smoke a cigar at all? I have this image of your dad with a cigar in his mouth going, look at these, Junior, look what I got for you. Look what I got no, these he, for you. No, my dad didn't, he smoked cigarettes, but he didn't smoke cigars. <laughs> but he probably had a scotch in his hand or a drink in his hand, uh. you know. And, uh, you know, he's uh, keeping these scripts for him. But as it turns out, though, I mean, this is a sequence. This is my dad, from the candy to the scripts and chair to today. He's one of these, these um, aged generation of, of uh, hoarders. He can't throw anything away. He's that. He's classic. That's these guys, because they never know. You never know, you know, when things might be gone. And in today's economy, you do never know when something might be gone. See, so he's teaching you a lesson still, Chris. Uh, you know, there is something to be said for that, because it, I mean, truly, we're the first, <laughs> this is, is probably the first example of, of of how learning how to live with less it has a great advantage. I mean, he was he was a tyrant with respect to um, lights, um, turning off lights if you're not in a room, uh, not, I mean, he was, he was like the original uh, conservationist, uh, conserving electricity, conserving this, conserving that, you know, use... Use a baggie or a wax bag because there was probably any plastic baggies uh, as many times as, as you could before it was sort of destroyed by the moisture. Uh, reusing things for other purposes and essentially keeping stuff around and not throwing it out and collecting stuff that you never know whether or not you'll need again. Do you do that to this day, even though maybe you don't have to, just because that's what you got from your dad? 
I think there's a little bit of that. I struggle. I, I mean, it pleases me actually to throw things away. I feel I, I feel a release being able to get rid of certain things. But I do like I maintain a storage unit of stuff that Adrian thinks it's like. Why, why are we paying money to store this crap? <laughs> I heard her back there. Like, it truly crap. is. I mean, cause, but then again, I've moved around enough to know like certain things are are superfluous at times. But those but times might change, and you need them again. I'll give you an example of of kind of a a group of products like this. Hoes and rakes and shovels. Oh, yeah. If one is living in an apartment, one doesn't need those things. Yeah. One is living in New York City, one doesn't need those things. But one, when one is living in a home, one needs those things. And somehow, I kept them when I moved to New York, thinking that I wasn't going to be there forever. Certainly didn't need them at that time, but I needed them again. Well, and you never know when you're going to have to bury a body or something. Then they come in handy. Of course, that's going to be my job with my dad, because of course... <laughs> Oh, oh boy! I didn't. You know, I put the brakes on, and you just went right through the barricade. I just wow. You know what? So that's the the Brady story. You know, the and the and the stuff with your dad. But I, I got to ask you: You were in Nashville this morning. You're in Chicago this afternoon. What are you up to these days? My sister lives in Nashville. My niece graduated high school on Saturday, so we were, we we used this trip uh, to visit her at her graduation. And it is our uh, Adrian and mine um, anniversary, and we're so, so we we decided we we hook into Chicago to celebrate. We um, have never really done Chicago. When we come to Chicago, Adrian's from here, but she's actually from Joliet, so we normally go down and visit family. So now we're going to just stay up in the city for four days, mm-hmm. and and actually do Chicago, see the museums in Chicago, something I've never done. And then I'm going to go home, and she's going to spend some time with family. Christopher Knight, Peter Brady from the legendary Brady Bunch. TV show. I, and we remember him as just a, a, a fine interview. Hey, thanks a lot for uh, taking some time out. Tell Adrian we said hi to. I will. Thank you very much, Mike. Right, take care. Right, bye-bye. Here's the story of a lovely lady. Ah, yes. Christopher Knight. Peter Brady. Uh, good stories about his old man. What do you think? He's a, he's a good cat. Christopher Knight. Good, genuine individual. Hey, listen, that's going to wrap up this edition of Radio Dad with Mike Austin. Our thanks to you, our listeners. Uh, download as you will, radiodad.com. Tell your friends. Uh, you can find us on several different platforms. Uh, Anchor FM, anchor.fm. Uh, where else? Spotify. I don't keep track of it. I just know we're on a bunch of those. Find us at radiodad.com and do tell your friends. And uh, our thanks to our radio affiliates, too. Some of them are taking the podcast now. And, uh, so we'll grow this as we can. Radio Dad and Ostentatious Productions production from right here in the Austin Family Compound basement. I'm Mike Austin. We'll see you next time. Oh, and our thanks to our uh, fine sponsor, go visit BeRescued.com. We'll see you next time on Radio Dad.